1: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law talking about what's going on down in
2: philly both in in the nba and in major league baseball joe gilio sports radio 94 wip joining us uh, on the schneider orange hotline you can find him on twitter at joe gilio sports joe gilio sports on twitter joe how you doing today i'm doing well how you guys doing we're doing good. Uh, let, let's start with, uh, with with Major League Baseball first and foremost. Uh, the uh, Phillies game against the Yankees, again, postponed this evening. So give us the update as to what's going on with the Philadelphia Phillies organization and down there at the ballpark as well.
0: Yeah, so obviously over the weekend, uh, we know the Marlins uh, had a, a significant number of positives. And unfortunately, it seems like they played through the game on Sunday against the Phillies, um, knowing that there are probably more or could be more coming, which we now know. Um, has happened. So last, last night's game, Yankees and Phillies postponed, and tonight's game postponed as well. The good news, what we're hearing so far today, is no Phillies have tested positive. So it did not uh, kind of get across the field or to an opponent, which is, is very good news uh, for baseball's uh, viability this season as they try to play through this. As far as the postponement, it seems like an abundance of caution. They're going to keep testing today into tomorrow. Uh, the teams were scheduled to play a home at home so they're going to go to New York, um, where they are scheduled to be anyway tomorrow. And assuming the Phillies, <clears throat> excuse me, continue to be clear, uh, it seems like they're going to try to play that game tomorrow night between the Yankees and the, and the Phillies. So, uh, a scare, no doubt, uh, and one clubhouse personnel visiting, uh, clubhouse, uh, yeah, an employee of the Phillies who works at visiting clubhouse has tested positive person that was around the Marlins. So that, that's the extent of what we know right now. And, Um, obviously not great start for major league baseball here bill
2: no i i completely agree it's it's the bump in the road that nobody wanted to see it's now how they handle it from here on out we'll have to wait and see um so let me let me do this first and foremost uh do you expect the phillies to take the field say by the weekend
0: i do yeah i mean unless there is a rash of positives unless there is a significant issue uh, i do expect the phillies to be on the field this weekend and playing uh, against the Toronto Blue Jays, which ironically uh, would, would be in Philadelphia. The series was supposed to be in Toronto. We know that there's, they're not allowed in Toronto. So the Phillies are off to quite a start. They play the Marlins the first weekend, all these positives. Game is canceled against the Yankees, and then they're scheduled to play the Blue Jays in Toronto, not allowed to be there. Uh, that would be in Philadelphia this weekend. I do. I, I think baseball is going to have these teams play, assuming uh, continued good news with testing with the Phillies.
2: Um. I want to switch over to the NBA. So you've got the 76ers getting ready to, uh, you know, get going in the bubble. The Bucks, obviously, one of the teams that's favorites uh, to come out of the East. Give me your thoughts on what the uh, 76ers have to do to derail the Bucks.
0: Well, I mean, he, he, they have to play the way they did on Christmas against Milwaukee when they beat them in Philadelphia and really shoot lights out. The Sixers are not a very good jump shooting team, not a good three-point shooting team. They can be better. Uh, a guy like Al Horford, they signed to a big money deal in the offseason has not been a fit. I think he's been playing hurt. His shooting percentages down. We know, though, he's a big game player. He's a good player. He's been a, a playoff performer, and he's a pretty good three-point shooter for a big guy. So they need a guy like him to step up. And the interesting thing, Bill, uh, about their summer session here that they get ready for the start of the season again, the, the you know resumption of the season, is they've made a little bit of a lineup change. And it, it's, it's little, but it, it could be significant. So Al Horford's going to go to the bench. He's going to be a sixth man coming off the bench. And Ben Simmons, who has been their point guard, is going to, I would say, kind of give up that role a little bit, be more of a point forward. Shake Milton, a young player with a good shooting touch, has been pretty good filling in for Ben when he was out with a back injury. Now they're going to try to put him together on the court. So Ben Simmons is technically going to be the team's power forward moving forward with another shooter on the court. The the Sixers think that's going to give them better spacing and and give them a better shot to uh, kind of be a functioning offense with all these big
2: guys. How do they then turn around and defend a deeper Bucks team when you've got a team that last year really relied more so on Giannis than anything? And then we saw, obviously, what the Toronto Raptors did and and just defended them and said, you're not going to beat us. We'll let everybody else beat us, and the Bucks eventually just uh, succumb. So this year they're deeper. They've got different role players, top to bottom. Uh, it's a very difficult team to defend. So give me your thoughts there.
0: Yeah, I don't think they can. I mean, I, I think Giannis in a, in a long series, assuming the Sixers do match up at some point with the Bucks, he's just the X factor. He's just the best player. And, and usually that's, that's where my mind goes when it comes to NBA playoff series. I'll just take the best player, and, and I think that team will figure it out and win the series. And while I like Ben and I think Joel Embiid uh, may have a shot here in a, in a kind of a burst because he doesn't, he doesn't have to stay healthy for six months or all these games, it's a burst. I think Joel could, could be really good in this. I just don't think the Sixers are ready. I don't think their roster construction is ready. I don't think their stars are ready to take down a team like the Bucks. Do so I think they're going to move up in the standings and, um, and win a first-round series? Maybe they get a team like Miami? I do. I think the Sixers will play into the second round, and if they match up with the Bucks, I would I would guess that's where they go out.
2: Um, talk a little bit about Ben Simmons. I was reading in Sports Illustrated uh, the article about him doing the position switch, so to speak, and uh, everybody seems to feel that he's uh, just a better fit right now at that power forward.
0: Yeah, I think he, he's a, such a unique player. I would think his his all-around game is, is almost held against him sometimes. Look, he doesn't shoot enough. Um, he doesn't shoot at all, really. Three-point range. Though so in the bubble, as they've started these scrimmages, he did hit a corner three, which Probably was the most famous corner three that we've had in Sixers history. People were just losing their minds the other day watching him actually shoot. Uh, but his all-around game is excellent. He's a versatile defender. And, and I really think as a point forward, not a strict point guard, he could be a matchup nightmare because when he grabs the rebound, he could take it, run, and be the point guard he's been. But in, in sets where he could be the power forward, you could have a real shooter with the ball in their hand. So I, I think he's only going to get better. I'm a fan of his. The guy he reminds me of, Um, When he's playing power forward, it's almost like a young Blake Griffin. He has that kind of athleticism, and game, but obviously he's got these point guard skills to go along with it. The shot is still missing. That's the missing piece. Um, And if he ever gets that, you know, we're talking about a guy that probably one day could be an
2: MVP candidate. How is Tobias Harris fit in all this? He seems to just have a very solid role on this team and performs well. He doesn't do really – he goes above and beyond of what he's asked to do, but he's he's just a very solid piece, and that's maybe the best adjective I can give to him.
0: Yeah, it's a great word for him. I think there's a disconnect here a little bit on the fan base because they paid him max money. It was, it was kind of the timing of it. They traded for him last year, became a free agent, didn't want to lose him. Uh, they had extra cap space because – uh, ben and Joel really didn't become big money guys yet, so they they signed him and they wanted to keep him. He's probably not worth the money he makes when you just look at it from that perspective. But he's a good player. He's a, like you said, a solid player, just a little bit under twenty points a game. I think he'd be best if he was a power forward offensively. The Sixers have too many big guys. Like that spacing is an issue for them. So Tobias plays the three. I think he could dominate playing the four against uh, you know using his quickness and his shooting. But he's a good player, and he's become a leader on this team, especially um, in social activism. The last, you know, two months, with what's gone on in our country, I mean, Tobias has been kind of the leader of the Sixers when it comes to going to these protests, speaking out. I, I think he's carved out a, uh, a kind of an out of nowhere leadership role on, on what is still a pretty young team. He's he's kind of the spokesperson now for what the Sixers are.
2: Um, when Joel Embiid sat out of the uh, the scrimmage the other night. Uh, guys seem to fill in really well around him. So tell me about, obviously, they can go as Joel Embiid goes, but like you said, they've got a lot of big guys. They've got other ways to kind of get it done. But is he the straw that stirs the drink?
0: He has to be. I mean, Brett Brown, their head coach, has talked about playing 38 minutes per game of the playoffs. I think that's ambitious considering how fragile he's been and how um, he, and sometimes he's not in the greatest shape. I don't think he could physically handle that. But, but he is the straw that stirs the drink. He's their best player. He's their anchor on defense. The one thing to keep an eye on, um, if he misses time or he's in foul trouble or whatever it is, it, the lineup switch that, that they're doing here, basically taking Al Horford out of the starting lineup, when you look at some of their lineups this year, they've been pretty good when it's Ben Simmons and Al Horford sharing the floor and no Embiid. So I could see that being a much-used second lineup, where Embiid anchors the first lineup with Tobias Harris, and they do their thing. But when they have to go to the bench, I, I think they feel they're more equipped than they were last year, say, when Joel had to go out or miss time because... I think they look at the the Ben-Al Horford combination uh, as a second unit, and that really has been effective. So, I mean, they need Joel, but I think they're probably in better shape to withstand, you know, time he's on the bench or foul trouble or if there's an injury than they really have been his entire tenure here.
2: I think Ben Simmons, for as much as you talk about his offense, I, just watching the couple of highlights and some of the things I've been reading about him coming out of the scrimmages, his defense is uh, man. It's like he got an extra hop in his step during the the you know the pandemic and the time off. Uh, defensively, he's been fantastic.
0: He is. He, he, you know, he brings every night. He brings real energy. I mean, he plays defense almost like your um, your, your role player. Your uh, let's think about names: Robert Covington. You know guys like that that are known for their defense, the 3 and D guys, that that's why they're in the league. You usually don't see that from you know all the star players. He he plays with that kind of defensive energy every night. Um, people here have talked about him in the defensive player of the year uh, race and voting. I don't think he's going to win it this year, but uh, one day he could and and the thing that's been most noticeable this year and I think it helps the Sixers is they they try to play this positionless basketball and and filling around a unique player like him, he really has the ability to guard one through five. I and mean, then I've seen him this year switch on to anyone and guard them at a, at a, at, a, at least an acceptable, if not better than that level. So yeah, his defense is key. And I think as we go throughout the postseason, um, we're going to see. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see him on, let's say, a Jimmy Butler in uh, a, a Sixers Miami first round series. And then as they move forward, maybe he'll play a bigger guy or a point guard. Like he could guard most players in the league and I, I think that's a really unique thing
2: joe great to talk to you stay safe we certainly appreciate it we'll chat again down the road okay anytime you too thank you thanks pal there you go joe gilio sports radio 94 wip in philadelphia giving us a lowdown on both the philadelphia phillies side of things over at citizen bank park uh, where they still wait to play and they want to disinfect everything and make sure that all the COVID tests come out negative and then obviously the rundown on the team that probably is one of the top two or three threats coming out of the east to the Milwaukee Bucks. We appreciate his time. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?